learn something new every day. I am Joan Boyko, Coordinator of Communications and Community Outreach for the Palm Springs Unified School District. We are proud to present a new podcast each week that focuses on the people, programs, projects, and activities here in the district. This show is produced by my dynamic duo of student interns here in the Digital Arts Technology Academy, also known as DATA, at Cathedral City High School under the direction of Mr. Bryce Johnson. Our interns, despite the fact that it is graduation week, are Brianna Meza and Emily Martin. We record, as you all know, a little in advance, so they're still working hard and producing these shows. Thank you, thank you, ladies, for everything that you've done for over a year, and we're going to miss you when you head off to college. And today, I'm very pleased to welcome our coordinator of English Learner Programs, Robin Hinchliff. How are you? Hi, thank you for having me, Joan. Thanks for being here. So for those who don't know you, how long have you been with Palm Springs Unified and in what capacities? Uh, so I started working for PSUSD in 2013. And I started my journey or my relationship here with PSUSD working as an English teacher for Alternative Center. So I worked at the MSJ DHS extension for two years. And so I taught um, English there. I taught 11th and 12th grade English. And then after that, I worked at Rancho Mirage High School as an English teacher. I was an AP English teacher. I also taught the newcomer ELD courses there. And up until 2021, December of 2021, I taught there. And now I am here at Ed Services and working as the EL coordinator. Well, I want to talk about what that job entails. It's a big one. But before I do, I would be remiss if I didn't say that I know you were teacher of the year at Ranch Mirage High School. And I don't remember what year that was, but it wasn't that long ago, right? No, it, was, it wasn't that long ago. Um, it was from 2020. So I was teacher of the year um, in 2020. I was bilingual educator of the year in 2018 as well. So those are really nice accolades. Bilingual educator of the year for the district? For, or for our school district. Yeah. So oh. that one was awarded through, I think it's like Abe chapters that they, that they, they do their own ceremony each year. So that was a really big honor for me because I feel like that's part of who I am and a representation of what I stand for, of just being a bilingual educator and and supporting by literacy. That's fabulous. And, you know, so I, this is just really, I, but people might be interested, but it's really just a personal thing. Like, how did you become bilingual? Cause I mean, people can't see you, but I don't believe that you grew up in a Hispanic household, which if you did, then it would, you know, it, it would be more natural for you to have had that experience. But I had the attempt, or I should say, I had the intention of being bilingual by minoring in Spanish in college. And I am not even close. Well, it comes with a lot of practice, I will say, but really the foundations come from my parents. And, and I think when I accepted this position, I thank them because I know it is, it is such a superpower and, and you don't think that it is until you're using it at work and you're like, wow, I can do this. I can talk to these people. 
Um, so their story is really funny because when my dad was around 26, 27, he met my mother and my father did not speak any Spanish and my mother did not speak any English. So they had mutual friends that thought it would be funny to sit them together at a dinner party. And they're like, oh, let's sit them together. It's gonna be so funny. They can't speak to each other. And, and I always tell this story because it, it's just cute. And it, it tells the foundation of the passion and the, I guess, the core value of how strong I feel biliteracy is because my parents were trying to communicate with one another. And um, my dad was telling my mom his name, his name is Vince. And she couldn't understand him. And so he spelled it out and she read Vince. And then she thought to herself, Vince, like frijoles and like beans, like the food. Uh -huh. And my dad was like, no, 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 no frijoles. My name is Vince, Vincent. And so from then on, they taught each other, uh, each other's language. And that is a part of my family. That's a part of how I grew up. So that's wonderful. It was, yeah, it was one of those things that you will be biliterate. You will say, you know, that's what you have to, you have to live it because my brother, who is not a student by any stretch of the imagination, he dropped out of college like two, two or three courses before he graduated, which is terrible. But he opened up a, a deli and he hired a cook from Mexico who didn't speak any English. And my brother hardly spoke Spanish. He took a couple classes, you know, nothing. And they made a pact. And he said, I, I'm not allowed to answer you in English and you're not allowed to answer me in Spanish. And within six months, they were both bilingual. And I'm telling you, my brother speaks better Spanish than some of the natives. I mean, and it's just, it's incredible to me to like see that. But that's, that's what happened. That's why our dual immersion program is so wonderful. Absolutely. I, I agree with you. You have to be in, in the conversations, in the community. And yeah, it's something that I'm so, so grateful to have to be able to talk to people and, and be able to answer my own emails in Spanish or you know have a phone conversation with families. It's it's something that makes me very happy to have. That's that's so great. All right, so you are the coordinator of English Learner Program. So talk about what, give us an overview of your job. Okay, so um, I'm new in this position. I started in January of this year. So I've been learning a lot and getting a, a better grasp of what we do here in this office. And part of my responsibility is to ensure that we are providing services to our English language learner students from the elementary all the way to the secondary, uh, making sure that they have the designated ELD and integrated ELD services that are part of their basic education, but also supplementing those or enriching that instruction with tutoring, with language enrichment opportunities, with camps, with uh, field trips with extra scaffolds, extra materials, whatever it is that they need to be successful. So 
that's one, I think that is the, the main part of my job just to oversee this program, making sure that students have what they need to be successful academically, social, emotionally, and also part of the job is to make sure that we prepare for that LPAC test as well, which our, our goal, our overarching goal is to make or to help these students reclassify as English language proficient. So they too can say, hey, I'm bilingual. Absolutely. So um, what, what made you decide to apply for this position? This has been my dream job for like five years. Um, and, and I thought in my head, okay, one day I'm going to be a TOSA and I'm going to be the ELL TOSA. And then eventually I'll be uh, the EL coordinator. And those were my dreams as a teacher. Um, and I just did not expect that I would just skip a step because I felt like, okay, the TOSA, the EL TOSA position was not available when I was working, but I still had a lot of opportunity and I'm going to, you know, give a quick shout out to Rancho Mirage High School, who really allowed me to have those opportunities, because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have had as many, um, as many experiences that involved me supporting instruction of English language learners. So I put on a monthly PD for my staff. I... I was able to be an on-site instructional coach at their, at their site. So I, did, I had one hour dedicated to that every single day. I was able to work with so many different teachers of different content areas and really just expand that passion of mine. And so when my predecessor got a new job, I was like, oh, wow, okay, here's an opportunity. And I feel like you can't say no to the doors that are open for you. So I took a risk and here I am. Well, I just, I was at the board meeting, like I'm at every board meeting when you, uh, when you got appointed and to just, you know, see the excitement and how happy everybody was for you. You know, and most of them were from Ranch Mirage High School that came to, um, congratulate you uh, it was obvious that it was they, they were going to miss you but that it was a very positive move for you and the district so I'm glad about that so talk about you, you mentioned a couple minutes ago about reclassification so how many English learners do we have like it not it doesn't have to be a number about how the percentage of our population and define what an English learner is? Yeah, so our current population, and, and it's funny that you asked because I just got these numbers. So I'm like, I do know the number. We have a, a little over 6,000 students. So it's 6,100 students, which makes up about 26% of our population as active English language learners. That's and actually, that's actually decreased. Mm -hmm. we we used to be in the 30s I don't remember exactly what but it used to I be remember yes yeah. I think we used to be at 33 um you know maybe like five six years ago yeah. at 33 percent so it is a bit of a decrease but we've also seen um a decrease in our enrollment or you know just changes especially in these last two years you know there's been a lot of change and but a lot of different we... opportunities at the same time, that's true. 
But haven't we also seen an increase in reclassification rates? Um, if we're looking at the previous years prior to pandemic, um, you'll see an increase. Uh, I think before I came into the position, we were reclassifying about 700 students, six to 700 students in the year. Um, we did take quite a bit of a dip this year, but we're still super excited to be reclassifying. We have 219 students who are reclassifying this year and we'll be celebrating them in May. Uh, well, well, you did celebrate them in May since today is June 5th. Oh, that's um, right. That's okay. Uh, happens all the time. And we're very transparent on this show. So everybody knows we record in advance. It's perfectly fine. Yes, May 14th, we celebrated our English language reclassified students. So they are now um, English proficient. So and when you say you celebrated them, did you have one ceremony or did you have them at all three high schools? Because I know that prior to the pandemic, that's how it was done. Yeah, no, we're going to have it all at one high school or we are, we had it. Oh, shoot. That's okay. okay. So we had it at Palm Springs High School at the Richards Center for the Arts. And we have two ceremonies, one in the morning for K through five. Um, at 9.30, and then the secondary was at 1 o'clock. So we had that opportunity to celebrate them. Wonderful. That's great. So, okay, so what does it mean to be reclassified? What, what has to happen in order for a student to be uh, deemed fluent English proficient? That's a great question. So first, I want to back up and say, how are they how are they identified? Because we have a process of that as well. So when students are enrolled into our school system, whether it be their first day of kindergarten or the first day in, their, in the country, first day uh, in California, they fill out their enrollment packet. Within that enrollment packet, there's something called a home language survey. So the home language survey consists of four questions. It asks about what language the students speak, what language um, family speaks, what language students learned when they started talking, and what language parents usually speak when they speak to their, to their children. So if, if uh, the home language is anything other than English, it could be Spanish, it could be Vietnamese, it can be Mandarin, uh, that will let us know, our department, that we have a student who could possibly be an English language learner who may need some support with developing the English language. So we will do an initial LPAC with them. And that initial LPAC, LPAC is our assessment, our language proficiency assessment of California. We will do that initial LPAC and students will either qualify as English language learners, or will 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 be something we call IFEP, which is an initial fluent English proficient. So that's what the IFEP stands for. Okay, I never even heard of IFEP. So um, if they if their home language happens to be Spanish, but they score high enough on the LPAC the first time around, then they're not English learners. They're I. Yeah. IFEP, yes. That's and, and 
And so does that mean that you just like keep an eye on them and make sure that they don't need any extra support or they're good? Well, no, no, they actually, they score higher than other kids most <laughs> of the time. Yeah, they, because they already come being bilingual and they are fluent enough that they are academically proficient because that's the interesting part of the LPAC is that it's more than just colloquial speech. It's more than just having a conversation in English. It's can you have an academic conversation? Can you engage in academic context and, and uh, reading, writing, listening, and speaking in the English language? So when we get to the reclassification, in order to reclassify students score proficient in all four domains of the LPAC, which is the reading, writing, listening, and speaking they prove on that assessment that they are academically proficient in the English language. Aside from that, we also have, we have four criteria. Number one is the LPAC. And then the second one are their grades or their uh, teacher input. And then we also have the basic skills assessment where we essentially take the average of what English only students score. And we see if our students in the, in the EL program score at that standard or above. So for the basic skills assessment, our school district uses the STAR reading assessment. So we'll look at the STAR reports and see how our students did. And then our fourth criteria is the parent consultation. And if they agree with reclassifying their student, which means that they will no longer be receiving integrated and designated ELD. Gotcha. I know I spoke a lot. I'm like, but basically, no, but four things. Four no, things. it's it's very uh, it's all important and um, and very interesting too. So you know, obviously, all of our students have had a heck of a time for the past two years, as all of us have, but, you know, in, in particular students who have been isolated and, you know, been doing distance learning for over a year and now thankfully you're coming back from that. But I wonder, um, are our English learners, are they, have, have they been, had even uh, a harder time coming back or is it basically the same? No, I would say that uh, a lot of our students, especially our newcomer students have had a very difficult time. And just speaking from the experience that I had when I was in the classroom during distance learning that full year, some of our students didn't have stable internet. And even though we were able to provide them hotspots and and uh, Chromebooks and all of their instructional material, some of their families lost their job and they could not afford to stay. I had a student who had to move back to Mexicali. So in order for her to attend class online, she would have to cross the border on foot so that her hotspot would work wow. in the US. So we had very, challenging situations where we had to start being innovative and just and really just meeting the students where they were in order to provide them that in education that they they deserve so 
it's been it's been a tough tough two years for for our population for sure sure has so give us a rundown on the various i know we have several programs to assist our english learners so get, give us a little rundown and so we have a something called our newcomer support so we do we offer that for middle school and high school and that happens throughout the week uh, on tuesdays and thursdays and then on wednesdays it's high school newcomer support so our team will go out to the school sites and will offer tutoring one-on-one -on -one tutoring with newcomer students for the what's a define a newcomer so a newcomer student is someone who's been in the country or who's been enrolled in our school less than three years gotcha okay so up to three years um that would be our newcomer students and we've also in this past year have done for the k for the elementary sites something uh it's called rise and shine program so they would hold a enrichment session before school started and so that was made for our elementary schools and in addition to that we run our spring camp so i have to think okay so in april we ran during spring a, break yeah during spring break we ran a wellness and enrichment camp where we invited our long-term English learners and our newcomer English learner students to two sites, what Painted Hills Middle School and Nellie Kaufman Middle School. And we focused on wellness and social emotional learning and development of their English language skills. And we host these kinds of programs throughout the year so that they have an additional opportunity to use the English language in an academic context. Okay, and then how about Mission Graduate? What is that? Yeah, so Mission Graduate actually expanded way past our department. And it, it started off with being an opportunity for English language learners. Um, we'll have students who come who are new to the country who come when they're like 16 years old. Um, and so they're technically juniors in high school, but their system, their educational system doesn't work the same as our educational system. Sometimes transcripts aren't available or they're distinct. So it takes a little time to decipher and figure out which credits the student received. Or we even have our life students who are our students with limited or interrupted formal education who are maybe coming without a transcript. So they haven't been in school. Wait, I just learned a new, see the name of this show is you learn something new every day. Did you say Slife? Slife, yes. I, I've never heard of that. Oh. Is that new or? I mean, it's been around for a while, but I feel like it is coming to light especially in the in the English learner uh, community, because a lot of our students are SLIFE students. They are coming- Students living, tell me again, what's the acronym? So S-L-I-F-E, students with limited or interrupted formal education. So go, and I feel like as a teacher, you, you know that this has been happening because when you have newcomer English language learners come into your classroom and you ask them like, 
did you like school before? What school did you go to? Some students will say, well, I was mostly working or I only went to school once a week or nah, I didn't really go to school. And especially in the last two years where it was just such a difficult time, a lot of students who are coming into our school system have had interrupted schooling and they have just not been consistently going to school. And that presents itself in a different way that a traditional or well, I don't know what other word to use, but traditional newcomer English language learner because a SLIFE student maybe is not comfortable in the same educational settings that a student who was consistently going to school because study skills, uh, organizational skills, how to be a student is a skill. And if you haven't been in school for a consistent amount of time, you forget, right? Like if you don't use it, you lose it. So, sure. so students need to relearn how to be students if they are SLIFE. And, and that's challenging because not only do we have um, to, to help them adjust to the expectations of school, but also a lot of them are coming with trauma or other responsibilities. Uh, most of our students that I've met in the, in the last few years in the high school were, they had an added responsibility. They were here to work. Yeah. And to have an education. So yeah, that's certainly definitely a, a, a challenge there um, yeah. over and above. So uh, before I run out of time, what do, and I know that we record a little in advance, so we're still gonna say it's tentative and this is what we are planning, but what, what do we have, do we think for our students, our English learners for the summer? So yes, it is tentative. <laughs> we're hoping, I, I've, been, I've been working on this every single week and I ask every single week, okay, I what's know. going on? What are we doing? Um, I know that the, that the intention is to have summer school for all students. And our goal as an EL program is to make sure that we have an additional enrichment opportunity. And you know, I've been brainstorming with a couple of my colleagues here about doing a, a science enrichment camp and engaging students in using their language skills within that context of uh, science, robotics. Uh, we've talked to a company about doing a virtual field trip on animatronics. So that's something else that we're, we're working on. We're working on the details, but we're hoping that once everything is set in stone, we'll be able to plug in our piece so that students have the opportunity to be in school for the entire day, not just a half day for summer school for the K through fives and the six through eight. Excellent. That's great. What are your goals in your uh, new post? Oh, I have so many. So I think first is just to make sure that I build really positive relationships with everyone that I work with. I think that's, that is something that is very important and it's hard to be new somewhere and not know people. So that's my first goal to know people and to build that relationship because we're here to help and we're here to help each other. And for our English language learners to have that extra opportunity 
to grow and to build confidence in their language skills. So I'm hoping that everything we do follows that commitment and that mission and vision of making sure that they know that they are assets to our program, they are assets to our school district, and we want to build upon those assets. And you know what? Like this is the way we started, and this is the way we're gonna wrap it up. You told the story about how you became bilingual, and you know the um, how your your parents had that that language barrier, and they overcame it. And so you, in turn, know both languages fluently. And you having that story to to share with some of the kids that may be struggling. Um, is got to be inspirational. So I, in addition to your great personality and your credentials, you have uh, so much to share and such a positive light to give our kids. So I'm glad that you're here. Thank you. Thank you, Joan. I appreciate that. I hope so. I hope that I keep bringing in that positivity, bringing in that energy. Uh, no doubt. And you know what? We only scratched the surface. And this happened every time your predecessor, um, Mandy Gonzalez, was on. We always ran out of time. So we will have you back beginning of the next school year to give us more. Awesome. Thank you for being here. Thank you all for joining us. For you learn something new every day. A new podcast is uploaded each week. Please subscribe by going to iTunes. Look for you learn something new. Press subscribe. Please tell all your friends to do the same. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Brianna and Emily. Thank you again, Robin. And we will see you next week. Bye.